I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris. And I'm Kelsey. Thank you to everyone who has emailed us, DM'd us on Instagram, messaged us on Patreon, and left comments on Spotify. There's a Q&A section on Spotify that several people have used to leave us super nice comments, and I love that. Yeah, it, it's super awesome, and it really does make our day every time. Yes. We also got our first email from a listener who said that they were saddened to hear us talking so casually about bomb threats and active shooter situations that we experienced while going to school. But they also said some very kind words about the podcast, so thank you. I left their name out because... They didn't tell me that I could read their email on the podcast or anything like that. So I didn't want to put their name out there without their permission. Fair enough. But you know who you are and thank you. Yes, we we really appreciated that. That was so sweet. Yes, the support means so much to us. Right now, we're both working about 55 hours a week each at our day jobs. And then researching and recording and the little free time that we do have. And those comments, those DMs, those emails, they really motivate us to keep going and try to stay as consistent as possible with our three uploads a week. So just a little behind the scenes here. My day today, I woke up at noon because we were up till 4 a.m. last night. And then I had to be at work at one. So I took a shower, took the dogs out, got some coffee, went to work. I worked from one to 10, got off at 10 p.m., came home, took the dogs out again, immediately started working on this research uh, I've been working on this research for about two and a half hours because it's now about 1230 in the morning and we are now recording. <laughs> so that's kind of how our days go. It's yeah. kind of crazy. And just those little notes and those little messages and things, they really help us uh, stay motivated for yeah, sure. Yeah, it means so much. So if you would like to send us a message, case suggestions, or really anything, feel free to email us at becarefulouttherepodcast at gmail.com. 
Or you could DM us on Twitter or Instagram. Just search Be Careful Out There podcast and you should be able to find us pretty easy. And if you would like to go above and beyond and help us work a little bit less at our day jobs, feel free to check out our Patreon in the description if you're interested in ad-free episodes. Anything you want to say before we get into the story? Um, Yeah, I do have something. So the other day I was just at work. I was leaving to go on a delivery. I deliver pizzas. Both of us do. And <laughs> as I was walking out the door with my hot bag ready with my order, some customers were standing in the lobby and a guy literally told me, be careful out there as I was walking out. Yes, And I that's didn't get a great. chance to reply because I was already like out the door Before when I heard you that. realized what was said. <laughs> but that was amazing. Yeah, that was great. I was just told to be careful out there in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know. It's not even like it was somebody who recognized no. you because we haven't done any video or anything like that. It would be impressive if somebody recognized you at work just based on your voice. That would be a super fan. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it would probably be a little creepy too. <laughs> True. Now it's time to get into today's case. Today, we are talking about twins, Karen and Krista Hart. Oh, no. But before we get into their stories, let's take a look into the lives of their parents. Karen and Krista were born on March 9th, 1999, to parents Jennifer Hicks and Nelson Hart. In 1997, Jennifer and one of her sisters, so she actually had two brothers and three sisters, she was the youngest of six, so her and one of her sisters decided to move to Gander, Newfoundland, and Labrador. So Gander is the town. Newfoundland and Labrador is the province. So Newfoundland and Labrador is the name of the pro province. So that's a pretty big name for a province. That's a mouthful. So the province has such a long name because it includes the island of Newfoundland and then the continental region of Labrador. So Gander is actually a town on the island of Newfoundland. And then Newfoundland and Labrador is the name of the province. That's so interesting. So that's interesting. It's funny because people ask them, like, where are you from? And that's the whole thing that they give. <laughs> well, we're Americans trying to understand Canadian geography. And now I understand why people get so confused. They're like, the U.S. has 50 states? What? What is in Arkansas? What is in Arkansas? I wonder how many times that's been typed into Google. Well, what is in Arkansas? I'm just always impressed as to how like kids from other countries or just like people from other countries know our states. Like mm -hmm. I don't expect them to, but it always is just so impressive. I'm never surprised when they know the big ones. It's when they know some of the smaller yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because when I... <laughs> When I visited London, um, I, I had this thing that I wanted to do. I thought it would be really cool to just like sit and talk to a stranger at a coffee shop. But I was like, that will never happen. And it did happen. <laughs> this was a school trip in high school. <laughs> and uh, yeah, me and a couple of other kids um, were at this table talking to this older woman. And we told her that we were American. And she said, oh, cool. What state? New York. And then we were like, no, we're, we're actually from Arkansas. It's in the south. She was like, oh, near Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, that's all I expect people to really know is New York, Texas, California. So when people know other states, I'm like, wait, I know how I know, but how do you know? 
Uh-huh. Because if they asked you anything about their... I'm assuming this person isn't from the U.S. But if if somebody that wasn't from the U.S. asked you something about their country, city, state, province, whatever, you'd probably have no idea. Yeah. I, d- I can't even name all of the Canadian I I provinces. Um, I need to get on that, like, real quick. Okay, so they did have a uh, very simple naming strategy there, which I thought was kind of funny. But hey, it works. Interestingly, Gander at the time was a town of about 11,000 people, and it was formed around an international airport. Gander was used as a refueling station for transatlantic flights. So planes that were going across the Atlantic... They would stop there and refuel before continuing on their journey. So that's pretty interesting. And on September 11th, 2001, when U.S. airspace was shut down, many planes, I think it was roughly 38, I think it said 34 commercial and four military, I think that's what it said, um, were forced to land in Gander. And so the people of Gander took in six thousand five hundred passengers and crew members for several days honestly without this podcast i would have no idea where gander is or what they did to help people on 9-11 yeah that's really that's super interesting stuff yeah it's just interesting little facts that i would have never known without doing this podcast so back to the sisters The sisters planned to do a business administration course together after moving to Gander, but Jennifer had only completed schooling through the 10th grade, so she first had to get her high school diploma. However, her plans changed when she met Nelson Hart. Nelson was six years older than Jennifer and weighed about 300 pounds, even though Jennifer was taller at about five foot five. I couldn't find Nelson's exact height, but if that's true that he was under five foot five and weighed over 300 pounds, that's still a really big guy even if he's not super tall. Nelson also suffered from epilepsy. Frequent seizures are something that he has dealt with his entire life. He only had a fifth grade education and lived on social assistance. His mother said that seizures controlled his life and that he suffered from depression. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you yeah i totally i mean i don't understand that but i understand like an illness kind of controlling your life sometimes that's all you can think about yeah i've said it before if you don't have your health then you really don't have anything i totally agree Mm -hmm. and i mean you've seen that firsthand with your health journey yeah seizures can definitely be a scary thing My brother recently had a seizure out of nowhere, which really scared our family. Um, He's never had a seizure before, but then after a few tests and a couple doctor's visits, he was told that he does have epilepsy. My mom also had a friend who had epilepsy and I believe passed away from it. I don't know the exact details for sure, but I think I remember it going something like this. He went outside probably to smoke a cigarette or something and had a seizure and fell backwards and hit his head on a, not a metal, a stone stair. Like it was a stone stairway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he fell backwards and hit his head on that and ended up passing away. Or at least that's what I remember hearing. I didn't know him super well. Um, I do also remember that when I was a sophomore, In high school, there was a guy who passed away from an epileptic seizure at 16. I didn't know him personally, but it was super sad, and it must have been extremely difficult on his friends and family. I've only ever experienced losing someone so young once in my life. Uh, I had a cousin through marriage that was the same age as me, and he passed away at 16 from cancer. And I remember his, um, his funeral was held at his high school in his gym. And I, I just remember sitting there and it just feeling so weird to me to be at a funeral of somebody that mm-hmm. was the same age as me because you think you have so much life ahead of you and then you see somebody in the casket that's literally the yep. same age as you. And I can honestly say I, I really just didn't know how to process it and even even just kind of bringing it up for this podcast or thinking about it as I was like writing out this episode, it's still honestly hard to process to imagine somebody that was just so full of life and joy to just be gone at such a young age. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be, you know, a parent losing a child at such a young age. Right. Cause it's so sad when you're just their classmate, even if you don't even talk to them. Mm hmm. Okay, so back to our story. Now that we've had a little uh, little glimpse from our lives a little bit there. <laughs> Nelson and Jennifer lived in the same apartment complex and they would bump into each other on occasion and before long they were dating. Jennifer actually had experience with seizures as one of her sisters also suffered from them. So in a way, it seemed like they were made for each other. Jennifer liked the way that he acted and described him as caring. That is until they started dating. Once they started dating, he changed. I think that's a story we've all heard far too often 
when it comes to like domestic abuse or something, they'll always say he was different when we first met or she was different when we first met. And then they would, they got together and then their personality changed and then things would get just bad enough that they would almost leave. And then they'd be a super caring person again. And so then you would stay and then they'd become abusive again. So you would about to be ready to leave. And then, you know, they would come in and, be totally changed for a couple weeks and convince yeah. you to stay. And it just, just like it keeps the going back and forth kind of relationship. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so once they started dating, he changed. He started to get violent. He would get mad and smash furniture. Jennifer now described him as jealous and violent. Jennifer had to leave her job as a waitress at a motel because Nelson didn't like her working there. Okay, where does he want her to work then? How luxurious of a job is that? A waitress at a motel. And you have a problem with that? Sorry, but it doesn't matter which establishment you're at. You're going to get hit on. Like <laughs> True, <laughs> true. You, you have plenty of experience with that, huh? Yeah. He would also sit in the car waiting for her when she went shopping. She can't even go shopping by herself? Nope. If you didn't want to go in and go shopping with her, then stay at home. Like, go shopping with her or stay at home. You're just sitting in the car. Like, this that's sounds just like weird. a creep to me. Yeah. Sounds a, a little <laughs> weird. Um, I, would, <laughs> I would see this woman and be like, uh, blink twice if you're okay. <laughs> if you need help or whatever. <laughs> Is this man yours? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one time, he even put a knife to his own throat, threatening to take his own life, and claimed that she would be blamed for his murder. Oh, that's the really abusive shit. Yeah, it is, but I'm not really sure that that's how that would go. I think experts would likely be able to tell the difference in a self-inflicted wound versus an attack. Just saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was just saying, like... um threatening to hurt yourself mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah i get what you were saying oh okay <laughs> yeah that, that was literally just a line that i wrote oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> when talking about mental and physical abuse uh jennifer said that you really have to be in that situation to really know what it's like yeah because a lot of people always have questions like well why didn't you leave them why didn't you get out of that situation and there's like a million reasons like i haven't even been in a violent situation like that and I can think of so many reasons that I wouldn't be able to tell anyone. It's super easy to be judgmental about something like that when you're not the one actively in the situation. Yeah. And also every situation is so unique as mm -hmm. well. Even if you have been in a domestic, uh, domestically violent relationship, like it might look completely different. Yeah, exactly. So Jennifer got pregnant and she was excited when five months into her pregnancy, she found out she was having twins. Nelson, on the other hand, showed little to no emotion. Nelson's mother said that he was worried about his epilepsy. And apparently when he would have seizures, it would often cause him to clench his hands. And he was worried that that could be a problem when handling a baby. And honestly, this is a rational fear. Yeah. I'm sure being a first-time expecting parent is super stressful, even if you're the most privileged person on the planet. 
But to be someone struggling with your own health issues while there's a baby on the way has to make things a hundred times more stressful, especially when you're concerned that your health issues could accidentally result in you harming your own children. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's super scary. No, that's stressing me out just thinking about it. Yeah, we don't even have kids. It would be stressful just to have a kid on the way I know, without like, having that to worry about. Because it's about. like, where where would we fit them into our life right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> so on March 9th, 1999, Karen was born first at five pounds and eight ounces, followed by Krista one minute later at seven pounds. Krista was said to be the bigger baby and have the bigger personality. She was the bossy twin, but the girls were close and they insisted on dressing exactly the same and they were always laughing. Yeah, see, I would have loved to have a twin growing up and I want us to have twins if we ever do have kids. Yeah, I want to have twins. If we're going to have two kids, I want to have them at the same time. I think that would be fun. I would love to have twins. That would be super cool. Twins are just so cool. I had. Are they good luck or bad luck? What do people say? I guess it depends on if you get... Well, Some I, people guess, are... I guess it's neutral because people like to say that there's a good twin and an evil twin. Oh. So I guess yeah. it would be neutral. There's just a lot of superstition surrounding twins. Yeah, and A lot really of fascination. Is. Well, it's probably because before modern science you know people didn't really understand mm-hmm. why some people had twins or triplets or whatever and so they probably came up with their fairy tales and folklore and things like that so yeah it's pretty interesting yeah I'm sure people were burned at the stake for having twins i don't even want to think about that that sounds awful that's gonna be the next case that i do burned at the stake that sounds awful A year after the twins' birth, Jennifer and Nelson were married at a local courthouse. Uh, I read that Jennifer said she remembers wearing a t-shirt and jeans. (laughs) So nothing super formal. Um, But Nelson's mother said that all he ever wanted was to work and have a family. However, Jennifer said that Nelson hardly paid any attention to his daughters and even seemed to resent them. Kind of weird coming from someone who their whole dream was to just work and have a family and then you're not even paying attention to your family. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I get super upset just hearing about like parents that don't really want their kids. Because there's plenty of people out there who can't have kids who want kids. Yeah. Jennifer recalls a time when the girls were about a year old and she was breastfeeding them. And Nelson came into the room wanting something from her and said, you care more about the youngsters than you do me. What? She's taking care of a child that cannot take care of itself. It's a one-year-old. It's two one-year-old children. Okay? You can't take care of yourself for 15 minutes, buddy. (laughs) Imagine being jealous of a toddler, of two toddlers. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's pretty insane. It, it I is. Mean, it's wild. I see stuff like that every day, but yeah, that's super wild. Two children that you brought into the world. You brought them into the world and you're mad at them for existing. Great dad. Yeah, because he never apparently matured past the age of five. She also recalled a time that he kicked his foot through the door to the girls' room because they wouldn't stop crying. Jennifer was very clear. What an asshole. Yeah. 
Jennifer was very clear that he never hit them, but he was very mean to them. Either way, he definitely doesn't sound like dad material. On August 4th, 2002, Jennifer got Karen and Krista ready to go to a demolition derby. Nelson offered to take the girls to the park while Jennifer finished getting ready. She needed about 45 minutes to take a bath and get dressed. Nelson didn't usually do things with the girls, but Jennifer let them go with their father. So this is where... No, 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 no. So this is where things get fuzzy. Do not let him watch the kids. So Nelson takes the girls to Gander Lake um, and to takes them to a little park. And his initial story was... Oh, God. ...that Krista fell into the water. Now, Nelson doesn't know how to swim. So what does Nelson do? Does he yell for help? Does he call someone? Does he call 911? What does he do? Well, he claims his choice was to leave his other three-year-old daughter, Karen, that was not in the water, at the park, while his other three-year-old, Krista, is in the water and can't swim because she's three, get in his car and drive home to Jennifer over 10 kilometers away which is over six miles away, to grab Jennifer, who also cannot swim. Oh, my God. So Jennifer is kind of freaking out because Nelson just showed up without the girls and is saying, Krista's in the water, Krista's in the water. So she jumps in the car. She gets in the car and she looks in the backseat and she sees that Karen's not there either. And so she says, well, where's Karen? And he said, I left her at the park, which, like I said, is over 10 kilometers away, six miles. So they drive back to the park. So wait, he's not even okay. Not only is he not a dad, he's not even enough of an adult to figure out how to handle this very like serious situation. Like, so he has to go go to his wife and be like, okay, what are we doing about this? Like, he can't even be an adult in this one situation. I would like to Just think... use some common sense. Ask somebody already there if you don't know what to do. I would like to think that this was just a case of ignorance, kind of like what you're saying. Um, but I think later on, your opinions are going to kind of change. Oh, no, no, no. I, I feel like... He's definitely super shady. I just feel like I'm getting mad right now about like a lot of these posts I keep seeing like online about just like dads that don't care about their kids. And I'm just like projecting all of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting. Like, I feel like that's just something that would happen. Like a dad just not knowing what to do and then being like, okay, I'm going to drive to my wife's house and ask her. Like, I don't know. I've seen some crazy things lately. Yeah, for real. It's funnier if... uh, I need to stop following accounts that, like, um, share, like, trash takes and stuff. Because, like, it just pisses me off. (laughs) Yeah, it would be funnier if it was a dad who had already been divorced and had to drive to his ex-wife's house to get advice (laughs) on what to do. That would make it even funnier. (laughs) But no, yeah, I feel like there's definitely some shady business, if I have to guess. 
Okay, so when they get to the park, they find Krista floating face down in the water, but she's still alive. She's rushed to an, a hospital by an ambulance. Karen was also found in the water, but she was pronounced dead at the scene. Krista held on until the next day, where she then died in her mother's arms. So both three-year-old twins drowned in this instance. Poor Jennifer. Yeah, for real. At some point, she really just had to come to the realization, like, I married this man, and this happened. So obviously, the police are going to do an investigation here to make sure that this was just an accident, right? So they obviously want to talk to Nelson because he's the one who was there and witnessed everything. So originally his story goes like I just told you, Krista fell in, he decides to leave Karen there and then takes off to go get Jennifer. Not too long into the interview, his story changes and then he starts to say, well, he got the girls out of the car and then had a seizure. And then when he came to from the seizure, Krista was in the water and he took off to go get Jennifer. There was no one else around, no witnesses. There's not really any way to know what he said was true or not. Was it an accident? Was this something more malicious? There's really no way to know. The police started their Mr. Big sting operation. Who named that? Imagine being the person that got to name that. Yeah, Mr. Big. That's, yeah. very. I and mean, that's what they did. What we're learning from this podcast episode is that Canadians are very good at naming things. That's what we're learning. <laughs> Sorry to yeah, the few Canadian listeners that we do have. <laughs> so this Mr. Big sting operation ended up costing taxpayers more than $413,000. So how this started was one man who was an undercover officer walked up to Nelson and Jennifer and asked Nelson to help find his missing niece and he would pay him $50 for it. Okay. So he started getting these little tasks and would be paid in return. And so every time he would do a task, he would be given another task and then it would be, it'd pay a little more money and then he'd be given a slightly bigger task and then he'd be paid a little more money, bigger task, more money, bigger task, more money over and over and over again. Until it became clear that he kind of found himself stuck in the middle of this big criminal operation. Mm -hmm. This big criminal empire. And throughout the course of him talking with these undercover detectives that he thinks are criminals, they're able to get him to confess to murdering his two daughters. Karen and Krista. That's so elaborate, but I feel like we could do a sting operation for like all of these cases and it would be so much fun. I don't know if it would be fun, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Be fun to talk about. So what they decided to do was tell Nelson that they wanted him to tell his story of murdering his two daughters to the big boss like the big boss in this criminal operation, and that'll gain him some good faith and move him up the ranks, you know? So he confesses to Mr. Big, the guy on top of the, 
whole operation and they were secretly recording this confession. They have him recorded on tape confessing to multiple police officers that are undercover. He now is taken to trial over the murder of his two daughters and was convicted by a jury and sentenced to prison, which is great until the Supreme Court of Canada ruled that his confession was inadmissible. They said that police preyed on his vulnerabilities by offering him cash and friendship. (laughs) So they were basically saying that they coaxed this confession out of him. It could have been a false confession. What my mind goes to, if you did think that you were tied up with this criminal enterprise and you felt like you needed to fit in, maybe you would lie about committing a crime like that in order to bolster your reputation. Yeah. That's possible. So I do think... Okay, yeah, I get it. I do understand them dismissing this confession. Mm -hmm. I I definitely understand that because he didn't know that he was confessing to police. He thought he was dealing with dangerous individuals. So it didn't count as a confession. Yes. So for him to get off on that technicality, I don't love that, but it also does make sense logically. Fair enough. So he was basically acquitted after that. They were able to press charges and retry the case, but without the confession, they had zero evidence. So you're telling me he's not in jail? He is not in jail. He is free, and last I read, he lives with his mother, but that was also um, several years ago, so I don't know if she's still around or not. But last I read that he was released from prison. He did do, I believe, a total of nine years behind bars before it was overturned. But once the confession was thrown out by the Supreme Court and there was no more evidence, he was able to get out. It's insane. Like, that whole story just sounds like a movie. Like, it, when you were talking about the girls by the water or whatever, it made me think of um, the the thriller with the really long name. Um the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Hmm, Cause remember the, well, I, I guess I don't want to say, I don't want to spoil it if somebody wants to watch it, but <laughs> yeah, it does actually kind of sound like a movie. I hate to even say that though. Cause it's like a real life crime, but mm-hmm. yeah. Real life crimes are made into movies and docu-series and things like that all the time. And it definitely does sound like, with everything that happened and then like going through the potential crime organization that was a sting operation. If you made that an actual crime organization for a movie, I could actually see that happening. I could see them making that into a movie. Yeah, me too. Anyway, I just think it's crazy that this entire sting operation cost $413,000 and then didn't even get the guy put in prison. Yeah, there was no justice, ultimately. I mean, he did serve, like I said, I think nine years for it behind bars, but $413,000 for that, for him to walk away scot-free. Did he ever even try to give a reason for why he left the other girl there while he went to ask for help? I don't remember. 
I, I don't remember reading that specifically if he gave a reason for leaving her there. Obviously not to look after the other girl. Like, mm-hmm. she was in the water drowning, and they're like... They're three years exactly. old. They're both but, three you years know, old. somebody could use that logic. Just think of a dad that just doesn't really want to be a dad being like, well, I thought she could watch the other one. But yeah, that's the story of twins Karen and Krista Hart. And what do you all think? Do you think that this was an accident and this man was somewhat forced into a confession that made an innocent man sit behind bars for nine years before being released? Or do you think that this was a man who flat out murdered his two three-year-old daughters and only served a nine-year sentence for it? This one really bothers me. And yeah, I feel like something shady definitely did occur because if it didn't, I don't know, just say what did happen. I don't know. So you did say that he... Okay, he said that she just fell in. That was his first story. Okay, and then he had a seizure and woke up. Then he changed it to saying that he had a seizure. Okay. Which, that could sound plausible. The weird thing is the changing of the story. But if he got them out at the park and then had a seizure where he couldn't protect them and then they wandered into the water, I mean, that's at least possible. Yeah, and then maybe like, at the end of his seizure, I don't know how like lucid he was or like how just like in a clear state of mind. So, yeah, I don't know. So maybe he did think it was a good idea, but I don't know. He drove like 10 kilometers. 10 kilometers. Yeah, I feel like this just something shady happened. That's how I feel about it. And we know that he was it, abusive but... as well and didn't really care for the girls anyway. Exactly. Like So definitely some something sinister at work. My opinion is this definitely seems like someone who got away with it, sadly. But I want to know what you listeners think. What's your opinion? Yeah, let us know. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed it and you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Yeah, and if you want, you can give us a follow. Um, We post a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always... Be Be careful careful out out there. there.